Our scripture reading today is from the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 36, through chapter 14, verse 7. I encourage you to follow along in your Bibles or in your worship guide where you can find the passage printed on page 9. If you are willing and able, please stand for the reading of God's word. Before we read, I would remind you that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Chapter 13, starting in verse 36. Simon Peter said to Jesus, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Corey. Well, what reason do you have this morning for your hearts to be troubled? What is it that has you frustrated, worried, anxious, discouraged, angry? We all have a troubled heart at times. We fret and we worry and we fail to trust God fully for the hard things in life, the trials, the sufferings, the disappointments. There are plenty of causes for concern, for trouble in this life. What are they for you today? Perhaps they are centered around parenting or children or marriage or singleness Sickness, or failing health, work, or an unknown future, conflict, or loneliness, your own failures and sins, or maybe simply the uncertainties of life. What reason do you have this morning for your heart to be troubled? I want you to think about it. Maybe write it down if you take notes. And then here. Jesus' words to you today. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. The disciples' hearts were troubled when Jesus spoke these words to them. Jesus had just told them that one of them would betray him. And they all were thinking, am I the one? Could it be me? Peter had just made his proud, confident boast. Jesus, I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, will you? Will you lay down your life for me? 
truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you've denied me three times. Peter, you won't even make it through the night before you deny me. Jesus had told them that he was going away. He was going somewhere they could not follow. The one they had been with the last three years was going to be gone, and they did not understand. The disciples had reason for their hearts to be troubled. They were fearful. What do we do? Where do we turn when we're afraid, when we're anxious, when we may be in emotional distress? What is the remedy when our hearts are troubled? So often we look for the remedy within ourselves or in the created world around us. And that may lead us to distraction or denial, to despair or to destructive behavior. But in John 14, Jesus gives us a better way. Yes, the disciples were troubled, but Jesus knew their trouble. He knew their weakness. He knew their need. And beloved, he knows yours today. And he said to them, and he says to you, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. But why? Why should we not be troubled? Why should we believe there is reason for hope or for comfort or peace in the midst of our failures, in the midst of our worries, in the midst of the hardships that we cannot change and we cannot overcome? Let not your hearts be troubled, beloved, because of who Jesus is, because of what Jesus has already done, and because of what Jesus most certainly will do. That's what we're going to see this morning in John 14. Jesus' answer to our troubled hearts begins with a command in verse 1, believe in God, believe also in me. So Jesus begins with this question of faith, of trust. What do you believe? Where do you place your trust? What's the foundation for your life? The rock that you build your life upon, the anchor in your storm. And beloved, there is no other foundation that will hold. There is no other Savior than Jesus Christ. What do you believe? Where do you place your trust? Hear the words of Jesus. Believe in God, or maybe you believe in God, believe also in me. This command to believe is a command from Jesus to place your personal trust in him. What are you to believe? What are you to trust in? Very simply, that Jesus is God. This is what we have seen to be clear throughout our study of John's gospel by what Jesus has said and also by what he has done. And we see it again in this, pa- in this passage, especially verses 7 through 11. Corey didn't read those, but if you have your Bible and you still have it open or you, you can turn to John 14, I'm going to read portions of verses 7 through 11. And I want you to listen for all the references, all the connections between Jesus and God the Father. Jesus says, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. 
How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. So Jesus says, if you know Jesus, you know God the Father. If you've seen Jesus, you have seen God the Father. Jesus is in the Father. The Father is in Jesus. They are one. Jesus speaks with the Father's authority, and the Father does his works through Jesus. Jesus is speaking eternal truth, words of life for us. Believe on the count of these words of truth, or if that is not enough, what does he say then? Consider the works that he has done and believe on those. Every claim that Jesus has made in the Gospel of John, he's proven to be true by what he does. Every claim he makes, he shows it by what he does, that it is indeed true, so that these things are written. Why? You all know it now, right? So that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God, and by believing, you may have life in his name. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Doubt no more. Believe that Jesus is God and trust in him. Live according to the truth of who he is. We act according to what we know to be true about Jesus. So let not your hearts be troubled because of who Jesus is. Jesus is God in the flesh for you, his people. And then secondly, let not your hearts be troubled because of what Jesus has done. He has gone to prepare a place for you. Verse two, Jesus says, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Jesus is talking about God's eternal kingdom, heaven, God's people in God's place, enjoying God's presence forever. But how does Jesus prepare this place? It's God's house, a fixer-upper. Jesus going to flip it? That's not what this is about. He prepares it by doing what is necessary for us to enter. He prepares it by doing what is necessary to bring you there. He prepares it by what he's going to do that very night and over the next three days. He's going to the cross to die for your sins. He's going to the grave to rise again. And he's doing these things to prepare the way for you to be in God's house forever. Peter has just said, Lord, I'll lay down my life for you. But who's laying down his life for whom? Jesus doesn't need Peter to die for him. But Peter cannot live. He cannot live if Jesus does not die for him. Why does Peter need this? Why did Peter need Jesus to die in order for him to be prepared a place? Why did he need Jesus to die in order for Jesus to prepare a place for him to enter God's kingdom? Because Peter was not fit on his own. 
He was not good enough. His sin separated him from the holy God. He was guilty. Peter needed Jesus to prepare the place because Peter's like all of us. Peter thought he was better than he was. He thought he would be able to follow Jesus by his own willpower, his own desire. He thought he could be a disciple. But he proved himself unworthy, unable to follow even for one night. And not one of us is able to perfectly love God or our neighbor as we were created to, as God commands us to. And our failure matters. It's a big deal. The Bible calls it sin and tells us the wages of sin is death, eternal punishment, banishment from God's eternal kingdom of peace. Jesus told Peter he was going somewhere that Peter could not follow now, but he would follow later. Jesus said something similar to the crowds in John chapter 8, but without the same hope that he gave to Peter. You remember that conversation, John 8, 21? Jesus said to them again, I'm going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. Why could they not come? Jesus says, I told you that you would die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Jesus essentially told this crowd that they were destined for hell. They could not follow Jesus. They would not follow him. Why? Because they refused to believe. They refused to believe the truth about him, that he was and is God. In John 14, Jesus reaffirms this exclusive message. In his answer to Thomas' question about the way to where he was going, Jesus said in in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The only way to know God is through Jesus. The only way to have your sins forgiven is through Jesus. The only way to have a place in God's house, in his kingdom, is through Jesus. Why? Because Jesus alone is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. There is no other shepherd who has done this. There's no other shepherd who can do this. Only Jesus can bear the wrath of God in our place. Only Jesus can be made sin for us. And only Jesus could and did perfectly obey God so that the righteousness we need, his righteousness, could be credited to our account. Jesus is the only true lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is the only son of God, the only one able to, and the only one sent by God to save his people from their sins. Beloved, Jesus prepares the place for Peter and for all his disciples, for you and for me, by his death on the cross. So, beloved, let not your hearts be troubled, because Jesus was troubled for you in your place. The door to God's eternal kingdom would be closed to everyone, to all of us, if Jesus had not opened it through his death. But not everyone enters. Why? Because they look for other doors where there are none. 
Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yes, this is an exclusive statement. It's not one we make up. It's one Jesus, God in the flesh, the creator of every person, the one who gives you breath. It's what he has said. The truth that Jesus is God, that he has prepared a place for you, that he has opened the way to heaven, to reconciliation with God. This is indeed reason for our hearts not to be troubled, but only if you believe him. Only if you believe in him and trust in him and obey him. If you reject the truth about Jesus, then you have all the more reason for your heart to be troubled. The Bible says if you reject Jesus, you reject God. Jesus is not one way among many. Not all religions are valid options. Beloved, there's an urgency to the command to believe. And there is an urgency to our evangelism. If you do not believe in Jesus, if you persist in that disbelief, the trouble that you face now will pale in comparison to the trouble to come. And if our neighbors and our relatives, our classmates, our teammates, our friends, our enemies, if they do not hear the gospel and trust in Jesus, they will not be with Jesus in his eternal kingdom. They will not be in heaven. They will be in hell. Lord, have mercy. If that's you today, I urge you, repent and believe the good news. And if you have, and you are one of God's children, then, beloved, join me. May we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us so that we would be humble, loving, compassionate, faithful witnesses and ambassadors. May we proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ from hearts of love and lives of service. We know the best news the world has ever heard. We know the way. We know the Savior. So let us proclaim his glory. People need to know him, not us. Let us point them to him. If you do not believe, you will not be with Jesus in his eternal kingdom. But if you do, if you trust in Jesus for life, then nothing, nothing can keep you out. This is another reason for your hearts not to be troubled. Because for those who believe in Jesus, your trouble, whatever it is, as trying, as hard as it may be today, it cannot keep you out of God's house. Jesus says in verse 2, In my Father's house are many rooms. If this were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. When does Jesus say this? He says it's right after telling Peter that Peter would deny him. This will be perhaps the greatest failure of Peter's life. It's going to fill him with shame and guilt. And Jesus says, Peter, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let your sorrow, your shame, your fear produce in you an unholy turmoil in your soul. Trust me, though you fail me, I will not fail you. There's a place for you in my father's house as my father's child forever. Peter, you'll deny me, but I will not deny you. 
Dane Orland has that wonderful book, Gentle and Lowly, that we've given out to many of you. And if you don't have a copy yet, we're getting a bunch of free ones this summer, so you'll get one. But he says this in this, in his book, speaking about the gentleness and the lowliness of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, we love, we humans, we love until we are betrayed. Jesus continued to the cross despite betrayal. We love until we are forsaken. Jesus loves us through forsakenness. Beloved, there's no one else who will love you like that. There's no one else who can love you like that. You want to go your own way. You want to make your own path. You want to follow another road. There isn't one. Every other road, every other way ends in destruction and misery. Only Jesus leads to eternal life. Because only Jesus is life. So beloved, let not your hearts be troubled because of your sin. All the ways that you fail to follow Jesus. Don't let that unholy turmoil rise up in your heart because of your guilt and your shame. We are all guilty. What do we do with our guilt? What do we do with our shame? Well, what did Jesus do with it? He nailed it to the cross. And you bear it no more. So lay it down. And let's not heap it on one another. Jesus said, I will prepare a place for you. Let's not get it backwards. I will prepare a place for you. You don't buy it. You don't earn it. Now, this is a crazy time to buy a house. It's a great time to sell, but not to buy. And at times, that has been a cause for my heart to be troubled. Many of you know that my wife and I, Amy, sold our home back in the fall, and and we've been looking. And we're so grateful we have a wonderful place to live while we look. But it is a crazy time. Houses are selling above the asking price, often on the very day that they go up for sale. I saw an ad on Facebook this week. There's this new thing. I I think it's new. You know, they have these coming soon ads. It's like, get ready. A house is going to be for sale. So you better get ready if you want it. Coming soon. And then it had a picture of one of those little plastic playhouses you put in the backyard for your kids. Coming soon. And then the list price, $299.9. And I thought, that's not too far off. It's a crazy time. People are putting their best offer on the table. They see something they like. We got to make our best offer. And then what? Troubled hearts. Will it be enough? Will we get the house? And so often, it's not. It's not enough. But oh, beloved, that is not how it works with our Father's house. Though we often act like it does, some of you think your best effort is good enough. You're like Peter. You're confident. I can do it. I'm going to get in. But others of you feel like, I've been outbid again. I keep falling short. I'll never make it home. But you don't get in God's house by your own effort, and you don't stay in by your own effort. Jesus brought you in. Jesus keeps you in, and Jesus guarantees, he makes sure that every single one of his blood-bought people make it safely home. Amen? So Jesus says this right after he tells Peter he's going to deny him. And then do you know the first thing Jesus says to his disciples when he appeared to them after rising from the dead? 
Matthew tells us in his account that all of the disciples said the same thing as Peter. Lord, we'll all die for you. They all said the same thing. But they all lied. They all failed. Peter denied. The rest of them fled for their lives in fear and they hid. And Jesus comes to them and he says, what? You make me sick. How could you do this to me after all I've done for you? I thought you were my friends. Beloved, Jesus is not Satan. Some of you are putting Satan's words in your Savior's mouth by the things that you think, the lies you believe. But even if you're doing that this morning, even if you are doing that, How does Jesus respond? He comes to you. He doesn't hate you. He doesn't scold you. He doesn't say, how could you do that? He doesn't desert you. He loves you. He delights in you. He is gentle. And he says to you what he said to his fearful, failing disciples. What did he say to them? They're hidden in a room with a door locked. They're afraid. He comes to them in the midst of their failure. And what does he say? John chapter 20. Do you know? Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Here in John 14, Jesus tells us, I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus has gone to such great lengths to prepare a place for you. For you, beloved, for you personally. Not just for Peter, not just for the disciples, not just for all those good Christians, the holy ones. For you, every single one of you who trust in him. He died for you, yes, for all his people as well, but also for you. He knows your name, and he knew all your sin and all your trouble when he laid down his life for you. He went to the cross with eyes wide open. He knows all your depravity. You can't surprise him. Jesus has gone to such great lengths to prepare a place for you. It is inconceivable You hear me? It is impossible that he would not follow that by keeping his word to come again and take you to be with him in God the Father's house. That's a certainty. It will happen. It's impossible for it not to happen. For beloved, once Jesus makes you his own, there is nothing you can do to be kept out of his house. He will love you to the end. He has no exit strategy, no prenup. He is absolutely committed to you, to bringing you home to your father's house. We're looking for a house, but we already have a home. You do too. We're looking for a house, but we already have a home. We, and, and we've already had settlement on this home. It's prepared. It's paid for. It's bought by the blood of Jesus. And we're on our way there now. We're packed and ready to go. We just don't know the moving date yet. But we know our destination. It's our Father's house. We will dwell with Him. And nothing and no one will keep us out. Let not your hearts be troubled. There's one more reason. One more reason for your hearts not to be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. Because all your trouble now, and I know it may be incredibly painful, incredibly hard, and you can't see past it, But all your trouble now is momentary. 
and the coming glory is eternal. Verse 3, Jesus said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Why not be troubled? Because you will be with Jesus. Jesus said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. You see the shift? This, the focus shifts from a place to a person. Jesus wants you to be with him. Do you believe that? He actually wants you to be with him. We'll, we'll get to that in John 17. He prays that. He wants you to be with him. And he is coming himself to make it happen. He's not sending an errand boy. He's coming himself to make it happen. Last week, Colin talked about the certainties of life. Death, taxes, he added dishes. We understand that. But we also could add this, trouble or suffering. Troubles are a certainty for every person in this world. But for the believer, and for only the believer, the one who believes that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, there's another certainty that trumps them all, and it's this, eternity with Jesus. Our troubles will end. They may be more than we can bear, but they are momentary. While the coming glory of being with Jesus will last forever. Beloved, what's troubling your heart today? Did you write it down? I want you to think about it again for a moment. What's troubling your heart today? Does that issue... Whatever it may be, whatever is troubling you, does it have more power, more influence in your life than what Jesus has accomplished for you in his death? Does that issue, whatever it is that may be troubling you, does it hold more power, more influence in your life than what Jesus will accomplish for you in his return when he comes to take you to be with him? The Westminster Shorter Catechism can be so helpful. I encourage you to read it, to meditate on it, to memorize it. Just simple, straightforward questions and answers about the truth of God's word. And it helps us. If you do that, you'll learn that the benefits that come to us because Jesus has died for us include these. Assurance of God's love. He will not do you wrong. He will not sin against you ever. He can be trusted. So whatever trouble you're in the midst of, you can be assured that the Almighty God loves you. Assurance of God's love, peace of conscience, joy in the Holy Spirit, increase of grace. So he multiplies mercies to your need every day. Increase of grace and perseverance to the end. You'll make it. You're going to make it. And then you'll also learn the benefits that come at the resurrection So not just what he has done for us in his death, but what he's going to do in his resurrection. You too will be raised up in glory. The day's coming. You'll be openly acknowledged and acquitted in the day of judgment and you'll be made perfectly blessed in the full enjoying of God to all eternity. You will be with Jesus, with all God's people, in God's presence, enjoying his presence in his house forever. Beloved, your future could not be any better, could not be any brighter. So what is it that troubles your heart? 
It's momentary. Coming glory is eternal. Those momentary troubles, is it the unknown future? Your future is known. The uncertainties of life, there are no, there are no uncertainties when you're with Jesus. Is it death? There'll be no more death. Sin? There is no sin. When you're with Jesus, sorrow, there'll be no more sorrow. He'll wipe every tear from your eyes. Evil, there'll be no evil. Conflict, no conflict. Your own struggles, you will enjoy perfect peace and rest. Beloved, Jesus is coming again for you. For everyone who believes in him. If you believe in him, you also will hear him say, peace be with you. You'll be with him. But if you do not trust in him, then the troubles of your heart today are nothing in comparison to the coming trouble at the day of judgment. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If you would know peace and comfort and joy and hope and life with God, I urge you, believe in him today. Beloved, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in Jesus. He laid down his life for you. He prepared the way. He's with you right now by his Holy Spirit and he's coming again for you to take you to be with him. Amen.